Can the Eagles get the ball rolling in the right direction on the road? They've got a tough one on Sunday in Nashville against the defensive-oriented Tennessee Titans, a 2-1 team coming off a 9-6 win last week against Jacksonville. This game has all the makings of a knockdown, drag-it-out kind of game, an ugly one the Eagles could really use to close the first quarter of the 2018 regular season on a high note. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Eagles Live podcast. I'm Eagles insider Dave Spadaro. In this podcast, we're going to talk to Corey Graham about the challenge of stepping up and becoming a starter in the defense. Catch up with quarterback Carson Wentz as he makes his second start of the season. And we're going to meet a celebrity in the world of food who happens to also be a huge, huge Eagles fan. First, let's get caught up with some news. The Eagles suffered a big blow to the defense when safety Rodney McLeod suffered a torn knee ligament in the Colts game. McLeod and Malcolm Jenkins teamed up the last two-plus seasons to make for one of the best safety tandems in the league. Now the Eagles must replace McLeod's consistency and his sound tackling with Graham, newcomer DeAndre Hall, and maybe other options to provide depth. McLeod's injury creates a void, that much is certain, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. Also on the injury front, the Eagles still have some question marks on offense. Wide receiver Alshon Jeffrey was cleared for contact and practiced fully on Wednesday and then had an illness and missed practice on Thursday. He is very much questionable to play on Sunday at Tennessee. Running back Jay Ajayi returned to practice on Thursday and appears to be on track for the Titans. The Eagles are going to try to gut out another win on Sunday, which would make them 3-1 and one after one quarter of the regular season. It was at this time a year ago when the Eagles started playing consistent win-every-week football. They gained steam heading into December and January with a nine-game winning streak. Is this team ready now to go on that kind of run? Head coach Doug Peterson and I had a little fun thinking back to 2017 in this weekly exclusive going one-on-one with head coach Doug Peterson. Doug, it was last year after week three, the 61-yard field goal from Jake and then nine-game winning streak. Do you have a sense at all that this team's ready to go on some kind of a big run? I have the sense that we're trying to win each week. It's hard to put a prediction on a nine-game winning streak like that. So you're not predicting a nine-game winning streak? I'm not predicting a (laughs) nine-game win streak. I'm trying to predict just going 1-0 each week, and really that's our focus. Yeah, but I guess the point is that the idea of the Super Bowl quote-unquote hangover, completely gone, right? You get into these games, you find out what your team's all about. Winning at the end. Resiliency. Yes. yes. Players on the roster who are stepping up who really hadn't had big roles before. Correct. And it has nothing to do with last year. Yeah, exactly. It's a new team. It's a new season. We're dealing with injury offensively. You know, we've got some new personnel on defense that, you know, Michael Bennett's and Haloti Nada's and, you know, Avante Maddox is in the mix and Sydney's in a role this year. So it's brand new. And, you know, can we learn from a year ago? Yeah, sure. We can learn and try to put our team in situations. But at the end of the day, we got to make sure that we're doing right this year by this team, making sure that we're ready to go each week. These fourth quarter wins, do they pay dividends later in the season? Do they pay dividends in playoff situations? They do. They do because, you know, I look at last year, you know, you keep, remind- you you keep reminding me of last year. See how it all year, works so, together? But we learned from it. And I think with the resiliency, the injury situation, you put wins in the bank now, it's going to pay off for you come December, January time. What has made Tennessee so good defensively? What do they do? You know, they're uh, a little bit multiple defensively. They're fast. You watch them, I and mean, they got great team speed defensively. I think offensively, they're catching a rhythm a little bit. They rely on the run game. You know, the quarterback's a little nicked up, as we know, so we just have to wait and see what happens again this week. But I think this team is playing with a little more confidence. You know, it was a big win for them, you know, against Jacksonville this past weekend against a fine football team. And, you know, work's cut out for us again. Thanks, Coach. Thanks, Dave.
As for replacing McLeod, the Eagles will turn to Graham, who was a key piece of the secondary puzzle last season, including playing 64 snaps in Super Bowl 52. In his 12th NFL season, Graham knows Jim Schwartz's defense inside and out, and he anticipates no problems filling McLeod's role. With Rodney's injury, I mean, expect to be the next guy up? I'm not sure. Hopefully, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. Obviously, that's the coach's decision. But if I am going to be playing more plays, I'll be prepared, ready to go. Yeah, I'm good now. Obviously, when you come back the first couple of weeks, it's rough getting back into it. I'm used to it now. My body's acclimated to it, so I'm pretty good, ready to roll now. What are the responsibilities in that role? Uh, I mean, it really don't change much. I mean, obviously, I was already playing a lot of plays, so it ain't going to really change much. Just I'll probably just play double the amount of plays now. But I'll be doing the same thing. I mean, we do things. They'll keep me in the same role. I'll be playing the same position. It's just we're playing a little bit more plays probably. And then the communication with Malcolm, obviously not a problem? Oh, uh, it don't change anything. I mean, we already had to communicate. When I was going in, before I was in there with Malcolm, so it don't really change much at all, to be honest with you. It's just we playing a little bit more plays. It'll be the same thing. I mean, the next guy up, he knows what he's doing. He's going to be ready to play. Pretty much, it don't really matter who it is. Everybody know their job, know what they're supposed to do. So it's not really a big drop-off because of that. I mean, when you got guys that's ready to roll, you'll be all right. We're confident in all our guys. We know that we can go out there. We know the system. We know what we're doing. So no matter who it is, whether it's me, Sue, Vontae, it don't really make a difference. Everybody know what they're doing. And your feelings for Rodney? I mean, if the injury is as is, a tough yeah. loss. I mean, I don't know exactly what the situation is right now, but anytime you lose a guy like Rod, it's a tough loss. He's one of our core guys. He's one of the guys to get a lot done for us. He's a smart guy on the back end. Make a lot of plays for us. I mean, it's hard to replace a guy like Rod. So if he is going to be gone for a while, it's going to be tough for us. Here, it's new to me, obviously, because you guys see me in a role last year where I only played 20, 30 plays a game. It's five, six years. I mean, I was playing every snap of the, on defense anyway. So it's really nothing new. It's nothing different. It's not really a big deal, if you ask me. It's different because obviously when I come in, I was pretty much playing like the strong safety role and then Malcolm go down playing like the linebacker type role. So it's a little different. Um, obviously, Rod, he was the guy back there. If something go wrong, he was a fix-it guy. So that's definitely a difference. I mean, it won't be one guy. It won't be one guy that does it. I mean, I don't know exactly how we're going to account for it if Rod is not here, but we'll figure it out. Whether it's me, Malcolm, whether it's someone else, I mean, we'll all still have our role. I'm pretty sure my job ain't going to change dramatically. In our certain packages, I'm still going to be doing the same thing. It's just um, probably somebody else have to come in and help out. I mean, obviously, like Rod has been for us. I mean, when guys got open, when guys uncovered, Rod was always the guy to get them down, to fix it if somebody messed up and stuff like that. So you got to be a short tackler back there. You got to be a guy that got some range. I mean, obviously, having a corner background, all of us, I mean, pretty much everybody, all the DBs, we got covering skills and we got the ability to be able to do that. So that's why Source likes those type of guys because you can do more. In this defense, you're going to have to cover receivers. You're going to have to do stuff like that. So no matter who it is, we all are capable of doing it. The defense has its hands full against a Tennessee offense that leads the NFL in rushing attempts. The Eagles, of course, are the best in the league with only 61.7 yards allowed on the ground so far this season. Something has to give. Schwartz talks about what he's seen from the Titans offense, which ranks among the worst teams in the league in just about every statistical category. You know, these guys, you have to treat them like running backs, and Mariota is that way. He's probably the fastest quarterback in the NFL right now. He's got a lot of experience running those things. It's not just zone read and, you know, sort of design runs. He's a really efficient bootleg quarterback. Get him on the move, and he can really stretch your defense with his speed. He's not easing into his boots. He's running. looks like 40-yard dash. He's running so fast. Yeah, it makes you play clean across the board. You can't concentrate on one thing. You have to not only cover receivers, but you also have to be disciplined 
one in pass rush and be able to clean up pass rush if he does escape and then it adds a new layer to the run game. It's certainly a challenge. Those guys used to be unique. You'd see them once or twice a year. Now it seems like every other game you're seeing a quarterback like that. Whatever the opponent does, we're going to have to stop and you don't get any extra points for running the ball. You don't get extra points for passing the ball. They're all the yards count the same and I'll, I'll include penalties in there too. You know, they don't discount them because it's five yards as a run or five yards because of a illegal use of the hands on defense. So our goal is to get opponents stopped. However we do it, we do it. They are committed to the run. They've invested a lot of resources in it. They drafted a couple offensive linemen, offensive tackles. I think one of them was the eighth pick of the draft and one of them was like the 11th. They got a veteran offensive line. You know, they have Heisman Trophy running back. They had probably their premier free agent pick this year, again, Deion Lewis. I mean, they have a running quarterback. So obviously it's what they want to do and they're committed to it. So uh, it's our job to combat that. On the other side of the ball, Wentz is looking to take his next step in the second start of the season. He was good, not great last week in the victory over Indianapolis. Wentz led two long touchdown drives, one at the very start of the game and one in the fourth quarter for the winning points. He also had an interception and a fumble from the pocket and missed a couple of open receivers. So there is a lot to work on, and that's the way Wentz likes it. He talks about playing better and the things he's seen from Tennessee's defense in his weekly press conference at the NovaCare Complex. Yeah, I mean, there's things all the time to clean up. Obviously, the couple turnovers, especially when you're in your own red zone coming out, that's tough. You know, that puts the defense in a tough position. So some things with that you got to clean up. Some things down the field that uh, I just got to see coverage better. Credit the Colts a couple times, confusing us a little bit, doing some things, mixing it up. And again, just got to keep learning from those things. You know, one of the most encouraging, I think, was that we started fast. You know, that's something we always preach around here. Coming out, the no-huddle kind of turbo tempo that we had, going right down and scoring, I think that was really encouraging and something we can build on. Yeah, I mean, I think every year kind of it takes time to just start clicking, you know. Would love to come out firing early in the year, but you know, teams have schemed us now. We've seen what we've done for a year now. We've got some new faces, new pieces, and just gotta keep working through, you know, what our mantra is, what we're gonna do, and how we're gonna do it well. So hopefully we can just start clicking sooner than later, but that's just kind of the story of the NFL really every year. Yeah, they're good. You know, they're good. They fly around. A lot of veterans over there, so you can tell they're pretty smart, instinctual, adjust really well. They mix it up, you know, very multiple fronts, multiple coverages, do some different things. So so we definitely got a challenge for us. Yeah, I mean, I'm always hoping the game just keeps slowing down. I felt really good out there. You know, I thought once the game started, those emotions kind of left, and it was just football again, just having fun, playing the game I love. I just fully expect that to just keep happening going forward. The big play element in the Eagles' passing game just hasn't been there for most of this early season, but that could change soon. Jeffrey returned to practice and is questionable for the Titans, so if he doesn't play this week, he is most certainly on track to play against Minnesota a week from Sunday. I had a chance to talk with Jeffrey one-on-one -on -one after practice about the long recovery from a torn rotator cuff he played with for much of last season. Alshon, I wonder, as you look back on the rehab and everything, what are you most proud of that what you accomplished getting back to this point? Uh, just being out there on the field, just being able to play the game again, just a blessing, just, just happy to be out there with my teammates. How hard was the rehab? What did you learn about yourself? Uh, you got to have a strong will. I can tell you that. You definitely got to have a strong will and just fight through it because, I mean, it's always the next day. I always keep saying it's next day. Just keep getting better. Each day improve 1%, just next day. What did you miss most about just the day-to-day -day being part of the football team on the field in the, you know, in the classroom, all that stuff? What did you miss most? I mean, just competing, just talking trash back and forth with the defense, stuff like that. Just competing all through training camp, OTAs. Yeah, are you about the schedule you kind of felt you'd be on? We'll see. I mean, it's good to be clear from contact, but at the same time, like I said, we're a long ways away, just taking one day at a time. 
I'm defensive end Brandon Graham of the Philadelphia Eagles, and you're listening to the Eagles Live podcast with Dave Spadero. He is being hit. They sacked him back at the 48. This time it is Brandon Graham. What about the Titans, a 2-1 team without a solid answer at quarterback? Marcus Mariota starts on Sunday, but he's been hampered by an elbow injury and doesn't have the arm strength that he had before he was hurt. Mariota relies these days as much on his legs as he does on his arm to pick up yards and make big plays. Tennessee has been stellar on defense, and new head coach Mike Vrabel knows his team has to win by pounding the football offensively and by being tough as nails on defense. Well, I think each week we try to do, you know, what we can to win the football game and put a plan together. You know, I think for the first few weeks, that's kind of where we're at. I would imagine that that's going to change each week. Sometimes it'll look like that, and sometimes we may be a little bit more pass-conscious. But, you know, we try to do things each and every week that give us a chance to win. And certainly you get into some contests where it's tight, you know, last week on the road. And, uh, you know, you got to run the ball and play good defense. Well, I mean, I think the guys play hard. I think our players, they play hard for each other. There's a lot of effort. We've gotten good production from our front. Jarrell Casey leads the front that, you know, has done a good job of trying to affect the quarterback. We've played good complementary football. We're able to get some opportunistic turnovers in, in a few games. You know, I think Dean does a good job and our assistant coaches, you know, trying to get our players ready to play. Look at the defense. They've got a great front. Talented with the addition of Bennett and Long. They all got a specific skill set. Graham has been a great player, productive player throughout his career. Always admired what he's done just because he's not that typical, you know, edge guy. You know, he plays with a different skill set and is very effective with it. And obviously it starts with Fletcher Cox, fantastic football player. People that love defense, you know, you watch him play. And he changes the game. and We've got to be very conscious of him not wrecking the game. You know, they got linebackers that can run. You know, look to Jordan Hicks coming out and got to know him. You know, obviously Malcolm Jenkins is the glue back there in the secondary veteran presence. Very instinctive player, smart, makes all the adjustments and gets them in the right game and coverages. If you aren't feeling the hype of this game, you're not alone. It's a non-conference game against a team that doesn't carry a lot of national weight. And it's a topic Merrill Reese, the voice of the Eagles, discusses in this week's Merrill Minute. Intercepted by Allen. Eric Allen down the far sideline, stepped over a man. He's going to go! And they stop him again! Touchdown by Ron Carpenter! The Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions! There are games that have a tremendous buildup. Think of opening night, Eagles and the Atlanta Falcons, the unfurling of the Eagles championship banner. You could just feel the excitement build all week. There are other games that have a lot of electricity. The return of Carson Wentz last week against Indianapolis. It had been long awaited, and there he was, and you could just feel the crowd, even on a rainy, cloudy day. This week is dangerous. It's a game at Tennessee, and there is no buzz. There's nothing about the Tennessee Titans that in any way reeks of a rivalry. There's no one player there. Oh, maybe Benny Logan, a former Eagle, or one or two players who you might know. But there's no wide receiver to really focus on. A great running back and a great quarterback, Marcus Mariota, is disabled somewhat by a numbness in his fingers. So there's no great motivation that just sits up there that should get a team stirred up. And that's what makes this a dangerous game. The motivation has to come from within, where Doug Peterson says, let's go 1-0, let's go 1-0. And in the end, every one of these 16 games is incredibly important. 
It'll be an interesting day, but the Eagles have to come out on fire and play almost as if it's a playoff game, and then they can avoid the upset. Time now to go off the field a little bit and hear from the fans. Well, one very famous fan anyway. Chef Robert Irvine from Food Network shows like Restaurant Impossible and Dinner Impossible and Worst Cooks in America visited the NovaCare Complex recently because, well, he's a great Eagles fan. Chef Robert and I sat down and talked about the birds, not the kind you cook, and how he fits in the game of football and the world of food in which he lives. Robert Irvine is a television star. He's a philanthropist. He's a talk show host. He also happens to be a restaurateur and a world-class chef. You know all that. What you don't know is that he's a huge Eagles fan. And he's here with me today. Let's talk Eagles. Go Eagles! That's right, baby. How'd you get into the Eagles? So funny, uh, I came to this country in 1997. My first cup of coffee was a Wawa. My first sporting <laughs> event was an Eagles game. Is that right? Yeah. That's crazy. And did you understand the game? I had no clue. Yeah. No clue. But now I do. How long did it take? Because it's really I I gotta tell you, about a year and a half to figure out who's doing what and why the rules were the way they were. I'm used to rugby, I'm used to English football, uh, cricket, and squash. And here I am, and it's almost like, you know, you've got a great world-class rugby player on the team now. I'm sure it was just as difficult for him to figure out how to play it as it was for me to watch it. What attracted you to the game of American football? Well, you know, I think the speed, the accuracy, the play mentality, it's so strategic, or well, the first part is anyway, then it's kind of, you've got to think on your feet. And I think that's the way I do my business. So it kind of goes hand in hand. Robert, so I started with the Eagles in 97 too, so our love for the Eagles parallels greatly. A lot of heartbreak in the 2000s, right? Yeah. How do you deal with all that? I normally call Justin Leonard who's sitting over there and I'm like, <laughs> what are they doing? You know, sports is like life. There's ups and downs. You make good decisions. You make poor decisions. There's interceptions and all that stuff. Listen, just because they lose, it doesn't mean you lose your team, right? Was there a player that you really kind of fell for, had a man crush on early? Should I tell him? Yeah. Dawkins, Brian Dawkins. Sure. There's a hundred of those folks, by the way. I just like him. Now, obviously, I love, you talk about philanthropy. I love what Carson's doing now. And everybody loves Carson, of course, to do. They've got an amazing team now. But what I love about what Carson's doing with the food truck and helping folks. And I watched an ESPN special with Luca. Yep. While I was working out a couple of weeks ago. And I know it shot a well. And let me tell you, I was in tears. So I think what the Eagles stand for in the city is hope. And that's what the Eagles do. You should put hope. Yeah, so after all of the years of close, but not quite there, finally, February 4th, Minneapolis, Minnesota, Eagles beat the New England Patriots. Where were you for that Well, game? I gotta tell you, I was in Senegal shooting a new Travel Channel show, staying overnight 400 miles from nowhere in a village of a thousand women, donkeys, goats, no water, and I get my phone, and there's a young man, his name Justin Leonard, was FaceTiming me from the game. So you didn't see I didn't game. see the game, I was viewing it through somebody else's eyes. It's scoring back and forth, I mean, it must have been nonstop. It was crazy yeah. because it was a different day for me. Yeah. Yeah. in the middle of the night. There are certain moments in your life you can remember, and February the 4th now, I've got this kind of in my brain where I was, I'll never forget that day. Did it sink in at that time, or did you have to come back to the States? No, because I was, I came back to the States. I was already tired, we were doing this five week trip around the world, you know, humping gear, and then all of a sudden, yes, you get the win, but when you get back to Philly, I mean, it's still going on now, yeah. right? Or in England, we don't kind of get that. We would call it patriotic, right? Patriotic, you know, with a queen, but you never see that in sports. And here we are in Philadelphia, the city's buzz, bars are going crazy. Philadelphia is a special place. Will American football ever translate to 
Europe and beyond. Do you think that the game is too complicated for people who have not grown up with it? Absolutely, it is. Somebody's gonna come up with American football for dummies, right? Really basic, so European and English guys can figure it out. I think the sport obviously is picking up momentum. It's not just in America, I mean London in a couple of weeks. I think the sport's gonna pick up tremendously. Will it take off in Europe? Mm, I don't know so much. You know, European football has been embedded there for a long time. But I got to tell you, sometimes it's exciting. When you look at American football, it's always exciting. Well, the game day experience is extremely exciting. And you experienced that back in 2008 with Dinner Impossible. You came yeah. in a tailgate. You had $300 to entertain 40 people. A great piece, by the way. You met Eagles fans who would not give up their grill. You experienced the essence of what makes this town I, tick. I learned a whole new language that day. And I can't repeat it on air, but it was, yeah, 300 bucks. And it was three jackets, three Eagles jackets to beg, borrow, steal, or barter. Food, equipment, I had eight hours before the game. And it literally had to go around the fans and say, hey, can you give me your cooker, your range, your food? Let me borrow this, I'll give you this. They're not giving that up. No, they didn't give nothing. I had a batchy grill at eight o'clock in the morning. It lasted me five minutes. The guy came back and said, I want my batchy grill back. <laughs> and it was funny because we had to feed those 40, I think it was 60 people, I can't remember, but I think it was 60 in Jeff Laurie's box and half the food disappeared while we were taking it from the parking lot to his suite. And I'm like, well, where's the burgers? Where's the this? Where's this? But I gotta tell you, I did get food. It was a lot of fun. Met a lot of great people who are still friends with me today because of that. You have spent the day here at the Novacare Complex. You've checked out the weight room. You're a fit man. You've checked out the kitchen. You see what the players are built like. How do you feel about the ingestion of food and kind of what you've seen as the players? Make sure you replenish your body and get that energy going. Well, it's interesting because I work a lot with the military and we're looking at the same things in the military folks that go in the field are athletes. Not athletes like we see, you know, the football players here, but everything they ingest, everything they work out. And I found out stuff today I never even knew about the sensors on the body, making sure that they don't run too far. I didn't know all that stuff. It's the science. When you invest in people, uh, food is a big part of that. Food, sleep, and exercise. The performance triad. If you don't have any one of those ticking right, you don't have a good athlete. If you were playing, what would you eat at 10 o'clock in the morning before a one o'clock game? What would you ingest? I'd be in pasta and chicken and, you know, all that sort of stuff. Plain olive oil and fresh herbs and stuff for energy but you know it's interesting because each person depending on what their job is in this team has a very specific role but also a very specific diet workout regime you know a nutrition you know do i like vitamin a vitamin b vitamin and what you have here at Novacare, a the chefs are amazing the facilities are world class i don't think there's another not that being behind the scenes this far other teams but the equipment and the, the staff i don't think there's another nfl team that has that no, for sure enjoy, yeah. for sure it all works and you see that lombardi trophy out there feels good doesn't it it was heavy. I didn't think it was, it was going to be that heavy. The ring, though. All right, Jeff, no stress. I need a ring. Well, hey, we're on the way. We won one. It's got to be easier yeah, to win. Yeah, but now I've got to work for you. Now I need a job because I need to get the ring. I think I know some people who might consider you for a part somewhere. Maybe a cook or something. Throw the bags. Perhaps. Clean the cleats. I, Do you get to watch all the games? I get to see most of them, not all of them. I travel a lot, 345 days a year. In fact, we just came back off a 35,000 mile trip with the chairman of Joint Chiefs. I see my wife and I at Christmas, and then Justin and I did one uh, in April. And we just came back from Germany last week in England, and we'll be in Guantanamo Bay in December. We get to travel a lot. Well, even if you don't see it, we know your heart is with Oh, us. I get the reports, don't worry. That's what these great smartphones are for. Beautiful. Robert, great to meet you. Fly, Eagles, fly. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Eagles! Welcome to another Super Bowl moment from the Eagles' championship season of 2017. Five days after dismantling the Arizona Cardinals, the Eagles took to the road a Thursday night primetime showdown at Carolina. This is a tight 
intense struggle. And for the Eagles, it was time for the defense to make an important late game stand to preserve a critical road victory. So they're asking their defense once again to come up big. And that's exactly what the Eagles defense did. Back again goes Newton. He pumps. Now he starts to go. He's tripped up and he's sacked back at the 40. Back again goes Newton. He is going deep and it is intercepted. These Eagles are swarming on the running plays. Boy, they entered this game as the second best run defense in the NFL. By the weekend, they may be the first. That was Nigel Branham. For the night, the Eagles limited Carolina to just 80 rushing yards on 25 attempts, and quarterback Cam Newton sacked, harassed, and hurried into a 28 of 52 passing night for just 239 yards, intercepted three times with a passer rating of just 48.5. The defense rose to the occasion, and the Eagles left Carolina with a very important win. Two, one, zero. All the seconds are gone, and the Eagles have beat the Carolina Panthers 28-23. They are 5-1. 5-1. Defense came up big. Defense, defense, defense. And that will do it for this week's Eagles Live podcast. want to tell you about a great exclusive series the Eagles have put together, and it all drops at once. It's on the Eagles YouTube channel. Go to youtube.com slash eagles. Check it out. It's called The Comeback, and it chronicles Eagles players coming back from injury, and that includes Carson Wentz. So it's exclusive footage. It's available now. Check it out on the Eagles' official YouTube channel, youtube.com slash eagles. Make sure you're with us after the game from Nashville. I'll have the Instant Reaction Eagles live podcast as the Eagles look to get to 3-1 and one after one quarter of this regular season. Thanks so much to Brian Thomas for his great work. Thanks to all of you for tuning in for the Eagles live podcast. And again, we are back after the game so tune in on Sunday night and find out the latest the reaction from the locker room after the Eagles Titans game thanks so much everyone I'm Eagles insider Dave Spadaro saying have yourselves a great Eagles night and fly Eagles fly Eagles!